What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Sponsored by Curry.com. I'm your host, SJ. Let's get it on. Welcome back, everybody, for another week of Rideshare Rodeo Podcast. This week we have Hannibal is Hungry on the podcast, and uh, we'll move into that in just a second here. Um, quick question that's just been on my mind lately, and I've, uh, um, I want to put it out there to you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll jump into this a little more next week because I want to get into the Hannibal piece this week. But um, question, do you think startup gig companies are trying to be long-term players in the gig economy? Or do you think that that notion has completely faded away and gig startup companies are only coming about to be bought out by Uber or DoorDash or other big fish that are so big that they just, their goal is to, is to, to show that they've got some legs and then sell it. Um, I'm interested to know. We're going to talk about that next week a little bit when I have uh, Mike delivers on. Um, I was going to try and get to it with Hannibal, but we got to a lot of we covered through a lot of subjects, and uh, um, yeah, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this piece today. Um, before we jump in, Curry baby, you guys all signed up for Curry? Uh, links in the show notes. Sign up through Curry. Uh, you know, to just today I was on, what was it? Twitter. And, um, uh, our friend James from, um, Ohio had said, you know, I wish Curry was in Ohio people. They are, I mean, the footprint might not be there so big that you like, if you download the app, you're seeing a bunch of stuff come through, but that's pretty common for any city, even where they do have the big footprint. Like here in Denver, I don't see a Curry order come through necessarily every day, but then some days I see like six or seven. So, if you've downloaded the app and, and you think, oh, well, I turned it on and that day and I tried it for like two hours and nothing came through, so I deleted it. That doesn't mean it's not working, okay? And and also your area might still and probably is still being built out. Like Denver's pretty hot spot, so there's a lot of um, hotshot runs that come through. But like I've said, this isn't going to be like a full day of working curry hotshot runs. You're going to get them here and there. And when you do, it's going to either shorten your day or really... Um, expand the amount of money you make that day if you still work the same hours. Because what you'll make on those Curry hotshot runs is way more than you're going to make on any other platform going on right now. So how does it work? Um, Curry makes makes things simple for dri- for our drivers. When a booker makes a delivery request, we match them to a driver in our fleet. If you're selected for a delivery, you'll get a notification that offers you the job. You'll be able to see the size of the delivery, the route, and how long it will take. Once you accept the job, you just hop in your vehicle and head to the pickup location. 
At the pickup location, you'll need to confirm the delivery is what, what was ordered according to the app. Once you have the delivery loaded in your vehicle, you'll head to the drop-off location. At this point, your booker will receive live tracking and notifications of your progress. Once you've arrived at the drop-off location, you'll need to take a photo and signature confirmation of the delivery. After that, you're done. You'll get paid for the job, and you'll be ready to take on your next route. Again, folks, don't forget, this is hands-free work. Um, you know, I've done, I've done the, um, the route uh, driver for a day, too, and that's different. So if you want to do that, it's definitely something of interest and you should look into it um, or contact me. Um, I can explain it to you. Um, and uh, I'm going to be putting out a little video here, too, on the day of a route driver. Um, going to be about four or five minutes, probably. And uh, I'll let you know when that is released. But um, these hotshot runs that I'm talking about that I just described here, you're not loading into the car. You're not unloading out of the car. You're just responsible to make sure that what they load into your car is what you have on the app. And then when they unload it, you just need to take a picture and, uh, and submit them through the app and, and you're done. That's it. You don't have to, you don't have to load in. You don't have to load out. None of that stuff. Um, it's all taken care of for you. You just got to do the few steps and otherwise you're just the A to B transportation as if it were a person or as if it were food. The perk being it's not a person and it's not food. <laughs> so I think we can all agree that's a perk. And Here's the here's the icing on top, um, is that it's uh, well. First of all, it's a day gig, and we all love the day gig. Come on, there aren't many. But um, the, what I was going to say is the icing on top is the payment. The payment buries anything that you would make during that kind of during the time frame. You'll do a hot shot run, and I'm I know they're a little like a uh, variant in price, but however, you know, ninety percent of the ones I see are going to bury what you could make in that time. So get signed up, people. Get on the show notes. Get signed up. Um, got some news and stuff I want to go through, but uh, next week on the podcast, we got Mike Delivers. And then we got a whole lineup of crazy cool stuff going on that um, I'm going to try and put through the end of the new year, um, our, our, our lineup of everybody, because it, it's really... Uh, starting to pile up and and get to uh, uh, a really good lineup of of the rest of the year, basically. So um, that's awesome. And uh, we're going to be maybe starting up some other episodes too. Um, looking at restarting the Friday bonus episodes because I've had a lot of comments, emails, and things like that that people were really liking that. Now it was a lot of extra work for me, obviously, but um, uh, you know we can we can build that in. And uh, then we got the TNC. Uh, Radio show on Fridays, tncradio.live, uh, 4 to 7 Pacific and 7 to 9 Eastern, and you can figure out the in-betweens. Um, <laughs> but join us there. It's a call-in show. Uh, you know, I'm there every week, so, um, you know, we got some other people there, too. So call in. Um, last week, we had uh, Gary Middleton from uh, Middleton Technologies call in. We talked with him. He was out working at the time, but we also talked with him about... Uh, um, the apps, you know, Maximo and Driver Utility Hub and other things. So, uh, but yeah, get signed up for Curry people. And um, uh, yeah, we got we got some other things we're going to talk about next week. So it'll be a different type episode. But that's what we like doing here on the rodeos, keeping it shaken up. And I think that I'm getting a lot of feedback from people that this is that they love that about this. You know, I even get some feedback from people saying, 
you know, I was thrown off by the fact that it's rideshare rodeo. Uh, but slow, you know, they're like, but one, you know, now I listen and I know you do delivery and you talk about all gig economy stuff. Of course I do. You know, um, my sponsor's Curry. Uh, my, you know, um, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, working with para I've been, rideshare is not the primary focus of this. It's just what the name is. And, uh, I guess that makes it a little bit underground. Um, but that's okay. Because people are getting the buzz and they're and they're coming on, and we're seeing that in the amount of people listening every week. Uh, it's been growing for the whole uh, 18, 19 months we've been going so far. But in the past, even just like five, six months, we've seen some incredible growth on downloads, uh, stream plays, and stuff. You know, are are high too. But like we've seen a lot of downloads, so um, very excited, um, exciting times. So thank you all for your support and. Uh, Keep bringing in other people, letting them know we're not just rideshare. Um, so we're coming up in gig searches and stuff, too, so that's great. That said, I'm going to move into my piece with Hannibal. I'll come back on the other side. So this week I have uh, Hannibal from Hannibal is Hungry on YouTube and Instagram, I know. Are there other platforms as well? I just started a Facebook page, even though I had to force myself to download the Facebook app again. <laughs> but, you know, I still have friends and family. I still check the website, so I was like... Let me talk more about gig work <laughs> on Facebook since I'll have some reason to be on Facebook. So I actually have a little Facebook page there as well. Hannibal is hungry. You just type it in. You'll probably find me there. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll put all the links in the show, show notes too. But uh, Hannibal, thank oh, you for coming cool. on tonight. Thank you for inviting me, man. Appreciate it. We talked yeah. before hanging out with Chad, the gig economist, or mm-hmm. I think his name is Gig2. I keep forgetting that. So yeah, excited, <laughs> excited yeah. to talk to you tonight. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm kind of the same way as you are with Facebook, man. It's I dumped it years ago, my personal account, and then I set up one like under a fake name too, just to get <laughs> just to get my channel, just to get a channel going. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I found myself in this weird position of people were like, "Who is this?" Because it didn't translate to who I am, <laughs> and yeah. people were like, "You're not the guy that does that podcast or that website." And I was like, <laughs> "I better go back to." So I actually reopened my facebook and i've found that i hate it just as much as i did when i left yeah it, it, it got i mean i downloaded the app uh, today actually yeah it's just they are trying to bomb i don't want to talk about facebook the entire no, time no, no. they're just bombarding you with so much information and stimuli and just the way you know you know because we feel i feel old but i remember back in the day with the original facebook and it was chronological order of the stuff your friends and your family did and it was the best i mean now it's what they think i want to see but, you know, my friends and family is on it, so I, I'm going to deal. But you got to scroll through all the junk to get to the friends and family stuff. Yeah. that's yeah. I, I do the same thing. I find that all my family in Michigan, while I'm in Colorado, if I want to see their kids and stuff, I got to go through all the ads first to get to it. It should come up first. I know, what, I know why. I get it. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But, um, yeah, so um, did I, so I think. I heard it in one of your videos too. So I actually didn't notice till last week that your primary platform, if I'm, if I'm right, is Rover. Yes. So starting, I mean, I, it probably started at least over 10 years ago when I was, you know, trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life and, you know, in and out of college and whatnot. And mm-hmm. back then I didn't have all the social skills that I may have or the lack thereof, right. That I have today where I wasn't comfortable talking to people and really trusting people. So 
uh, I was thinking about, I have to get a job, you know, I got to make some money. So what, mm-hmm. what do I like? What do I like? And I thought animals. And I kind of just started applying for like pet stores and stuff like that. So my first job was a no kill shelter in Queens. And that kind of just started. I just kind of went from there and then uh, just discovering WAG actually first and then Rover. So that was my first foyer into the gig economy was 2018. I had a full-time job and I did that on as a part-time thing. And uh, I loved it. I, I loved it more than my full-time job because just like everyone else, uh, you know, it's a flexibility, but also the accountability. Like I have my page, I have, it's my name on there. It has, mm-hmm. you know, all of my ratings. It's something you feel proud of when you look Are at you it. Are you talking about your Rover page? On a Rover profile okay. is yeah, what yeah. they call it. Yeah. And, you know, you have, it's kind of your own small business on this thing. So mm-hmm. um, I've been doing that since 2018 and, you know, 2020 things went crazy. And now I, I do that basically full-time. I have, I do dog walking, I take care of animals and doing 2020 when everything was locked down, there was no dog walking to be had. So that's when I joined Uber Eats and then DoorDash mm-hmm. and Grubhub. And that's when I started the channel that I have today. So everything kind of just went crazy last year. So but- right around the pandemics when you started. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, you know, there wasn't, I, it wasn't much work. I've been doing uh, Uber Lyft drivers for almost five. It'll be five years in February for the website, but I didn't start the podcast till the pandemic. Same yeah. here. Yeah. You, you had nothing else going on, right? Just ain't right. Like, I mean, like, well, I, I had the idea it. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was funny because when I started it, it was David Pickerell and I from Para. Um, we met through a CBS article that we both did mm. and where we were both interviewed and it was wild. I didn't know the guy. And he was out in San Francisco. I'm in Denver and it was, I'm reading this article and they put up my quote on it. And then right below it, they put this quote from David and uh, we were exactly on the same page, doing the same thing, trying to help people out with PUA and like learning about all these States. And he had developed some software with somebody and I had all these connections with different States. And so we just, I contacted him out of the blue and that was like the starting of us. And he was doing autonomy.jobs. He had left Uber operations and then it huh. eventually became para, but it was the same thing. Like my podcast started off as a PUA helper instead of what obviously the initial thought was not PUA helper because I didn't even know what PUA would be. I was originally <laughs> thinking about it. There wasn't such you. a thing. So I hear you. It's the same thing here with uh like I always did some little podcasting here and there before, you know, before 2020. But yeah, I realized that how much I enjoy um, making videos and then also talking to people. And that's why I do a lot of the live streams, just communicating with other content creators, other people who are doing the gig work. And I find that uh, you know, enjoyable. So it's like I found another sure. uh, thing that I'm actually into because of what, you know, everything that has happened. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I mean, I'm glad, but I'm, it's amazing to me to hear that you have this, you know, great business with Rover out here in Denver. Rover is like, I mean, I guess in a lot of cities, but Denver's a very big city that's now even overcrowded. It's, you know, a lot of California's moved out here. And yeah, don't even get me that. started on that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> just, uh, you know, yeah. we got such a beautiful state. I'm just like, it's like, yeah, yeah, feel you. <laughs> but um, so, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, like here, a Rover job happens around, like I'm signed up for Rover too, but it's, I only would cool, see cool. him like around the holidays. Only because yeah. people, I think, did what you did that I heard in the video, and yet they did it on such a great scale. They just kind of created their own business, and really, most of the people on Rover 
we're happy. I don't want to be mean to Rover, but we're happy to leave Rover to be with somebody. Yeah, I like. mean, just just like every all these other gig yeah, apps, there's yeah. there's some there's some costs and benefits. So like Rover takes twenty five percent of the earnings. Um, they also a little bit of fee, fees that they're for the customers. So a lot of times, you know, after a few good stays, you know, taking care of the dog for a few times and you get a rapport, you get a comfortability with the client, with the dog. They say, hey, you know what? I'll just, you know, we'll move off of Rover and pay you directly. So I have a few, I have a number of clients that I trust them and I've been doing this for 10 years. So I've seen every dog. I've seen every type of temperament and mm-hmm. kind of breed. So like my you know, like I, I tell people like that, that's my life of taking care of animals. So like, I take this seriously. And a lot of the, I don't know if you probably read some of the negative articles that I uh, was on Rover. I think when Rover actually became public, um, CNN had like another hit piece article about how it's not much of a hit piece. I'm, I'm sure these things happen where people have dogs that people, you know, on Rover, you take care of them and they either get lost or terrible things have happened. So, you know, people sometimes think it's just, oh, I'll just take care of this dog and I don't have to put too much care into it you know it's, you know right. a lot of people are either in school or they're in between jobs but you know you're taking care of a living being it there's a level of care that that's involved so you know you know i, I just tell everyone like really really if you're going to do it make sure you love animals and you make sure that it the animal's a good fit for your home before you let that animal come into your home because anything oh, can happen for sure yeah i'm not much of a cat guy but i've all i've never in my life not had a dog and in fact i've always lived with one to four no, oh, so you're good. You're good to go. I mean, like I'm my own dog walking house. <laughs> you know, I got to hire myself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. I've had roommates and stuff along the way too. When I was younger, that had dogs, and we had a house, and my dog, and just became accustomed to lots of dogs being around all the time. Yeah. So, and Colorado's very dog friendly too. Everywhere is hikeable. Everywhere, a lot of off leash. But I'm gathering that a lot of your clients come from the fact that you live in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, so I live in Brooklyn, New York City, and a know, lot of you know so many people, so many high rises, little little areas to work with, and and that doesn't stop people from having dogs. It does no. not stop. You think you think you you should have more space to have an animal? No, everyone has it. I was don't know the stats, but I'm sure every like almost half, maybe maybe memory to have, maybe one third, but everyone has some kind of animal, and people love their dogs. So oh, yeah. um, once once May hit, and the CDC kind of relax some of the restrictions. Um, that's when the whole summer was flooded with work. I think a lot of Rover um, sitters were just flooded. Again, it depends on where you are because people were traveling for the first time in, you know, over a year and people were, they were taking, you know, trips three, four, five days. It's like, Hey, take this dog. I got to go. So uh, I'm, I'm planning, I'm, I'm guessing that Thanksgiving and Christmas is going to be pretty good too. But when you, so you do the overnights and everything. Correct. So I yeah I do dog walking. Sometimes I do a cat sitting. We just at go your to house, house or are you doing um, it at the people's house? I have I, I usually have about three to four dogs at my house. Um, I have a unique mm-hmm. situation. Like I am an apartment, it's two bedroom apartment, but I have access to a backyard, so I have space more space than I guess the average uh, apartment dweller. Um, mm-hmm. But then also I do like a cat sitting, which basically you just go to a person's house, clean their cat box, you feed them, and you kind of peace out. Mm-hmm. So that's those are the two, and then dog walking as well. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I, I'm imagining I have a, I have two friends, one who lives in Boulder, but one who lives here in Denver, I can relate to better because Boulder pays so high on everything that my friend, they're both girls too. Maybe that helps as well. I don't know. But um, the one up in Boulder just crushes it with her own. She doesn't even use a Rover or anything anymore. She has it never. She has too many clients. 
And it's yeah, because she's best friends with one of our other friends who owns a um, gun barrel grooming, which is right outside of Boulder. So all mm. her clients come from there. She just feeds them to her. Yeah. Yeah. You can really put it. You can really <laughs> make a good amount of money. And and as much as I love Rover and dogs, I kind of want to start to stray away from that and do more with either podcasting or video creation because it is a nerve wracking kind of job. You're taking care of people's babies and it, it could be mm-hmm. a little bit anxiety inducing just dealing with that. You really can't venture off and go away because you right. dogs in the house. You got to take care of them. So um, for, for me right now, like I charge about $50 a night. So if I have three, four dogs and I've been at probably average that probably a little bit more. Um, so that's $200 a day before, you know, I didn't even leave my house yet. So that kind of helps. And then I can still yeah, do the food time. delivery. Cause my, my wife is, you know, my wife is home. Um, when you know, she works, she has a w, regular W2, but when, uh, she comes home, I can able to go out. So it's a good dynamic for, for my situation. Yeah. But you guys can't go out together. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, I have some, I have some crates and stuff like that, but yeah, no long, no vacations. And she's a little, I know she's probably not the most happy about that, but she, you know, that's, I don't, I don't have a W2. I'm full gig work. Right, that's right, that's, yeah. this is I how I make it. my money. You, you, too. Know? you know, and I know you're a dad, I'm a dad too. And all that, you know, I got to juggle things all the time. So it's definitely, definitely, it, you know, you never know. Luckily mine's starting. He's a, he's um sophomore in high school now. So we're getting yeah. to that age where he's, it's a different type of problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was flying by. I mean, my, my boy is seven. I, yeah, I, I it's going to, it's by soon that time's going to fly by and I th- I'm going to be, have to deal with him in high school. So right. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you can imagine, so I have my, you know, my, my, um, his mom and I have been divorced for, for a while, but we're still friends, but he lives here five days a week. So the whole pandemic, um, we were locked in a house together. I was locked in with a 14 year old, <laughs> you know, who's like l- trying to be a, a teenager. And like, you could see him like coming out of his skin almost. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of weird, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to do, but, <laughs> um, I hear you, man. uh, so yeah. So I wanted to talk about one thing I wanted to talk about was the last two videos that I saw that you did. Um, sure. the, what I wish all gig apps would stop doing. Yeah. Um, like few, just a few days ago. <laughs> No, I mean, because you, you said, in, I think you said, in there, let me see what I have. Um, oh, I, I, specifically this point yeah. really hit to home with me that it, you know, maybe more people than I think, think this. And, and I know you said it, but I've been thinking it a lot lately that, you know, first of all, people aren't, their interactions are very strange as it is, as we come back out of this and to some reality of whatever it's going to be for a while. Yes. Here in Denver, I feel like we're bouncing back pretty good because I can see the difference to Boulder. Boulder still has a, a face mask restriction on everything, everywhere. Wow. Yeah. You still got to do it. Here, nowhere. Nobody, nobody cares anymore. We're done. God bless that place <laughs> <where> you live. <laughs> I mean, it's really nice to see people aren't judging. They're not asking. They don't care. They're just minding to their own business and nobody has a mask on. So yeah, unfortunately, do, that, you know, it's not a Texas thing. We're in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's it's a weird spot. And I'm in the epicenter of it. You know, I'm in New York City, yeah, it's Brooklyn. And yeah, it, it really depends on who you talk to. And I feel and I, and I feel as I interact with people, you know, I've been I've been outside doing food delivery since like last summer. So I was had the mask on and some people were more sensitive to others. Some people will literally say, can you back up? Yeah. Like I need more. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Like I don't, you know, cause no trouble. Um, I still see things where I still see people right now going to grocery stores 
mask, face shield, and gloves. They're in the grocery store. It's like a that dynamic is in and you know, I mean, I don't want to get political, but you know, the mayor and the governor mm-hmm. are keeping us in that state of panic. I mean, I'll just be honest, it's just this the way it is. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think. Um, but is everybody con- is everybody following all that there? I mean, are you seeing? Uh, it depends the, on where you. Or are people kind of going like, whatever, dude. Like, yeah, enough. Right. You live in the hood. They don't <laughs> care. And, and they probably they realize. And that's the really interesting thing about the politics and the policy. So we have a mm-hmm. we have a vaccine uh, mandate that's happening with many of the workers, right? Um, and the restaurants, you have to show your. Information. I was going to ask you about that. Is that real? I mean, do they really do? It's that? legit. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will ask. And so, and the places that don't, yeah, it, it's good for right now. But you know, the, the, you make they make it caught the fines because they're doing like undercover kind of situations. Mm-hmm. But it's affecting certain communities, particularly the black community. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people in the black community are not vaccinated and do not want to be vaccinated. Right. So you, um, when I'm doing my food deliveries, I'm going to certain neighborhoods where it's more, you know, affluent, you know, gentrified areas, packed. Kind of looks similarly like, oh, this is kind of like back to 2019. But when you go to restaurants in the other neighborhoods, um, they're struggling because they have to follow the mandates. They don't want to get fined. But a lot of their clientele have no interest in getting the vaccine. So they're not even going to these restaurants. So a lot of small businesses are going to get affected. I think a lot of them are still doing 50 percent probably of what they, they should be doing. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a really chaotic situation in New York City right now. I would imagine. I mean, like our businesses, we, we, you know, we went on off on off for could the bars and restaurants be open? Did it just have to be to go? Did they have to be outside mass? There were so many changes. What time they had to close everything. But we're finally fully back and they don't have the the policing here, even though, again, Denver's a very big town, but we just aren't doing it where we've said, you know, like you have to do this. And finally, they just pulled the rug out from everything. And they're just like, you know, be vaccinated or don't enough. Just, <laughs> just go live your life. I think so, and I think and that's. I think that's yeah. where I think we're at a point where everybody just needs to get to live with that. Because when you said in your video, you what hit me was when you said, you know, there were, or at least I added this portion was that there was a at least there was a time when contactless contactless was appropriate, maybe on on a many levels. But you were saying like you know how you're getting annoyed by this and like it needs to go back to contact. But you were talking about for reasons of, of like people taking ownership for their orders and things of that nature. But I also think yeah. it just needs to go back to it. Yeah, in general, I, I agree. dude. I mean, we're like if if we don't soon. What, what did I write here that you know, you know, I I, I think it's extremely important that we go back to contact for the reasons you said, just for the general reasons before we forget how. <laughs> yeah yeah to i mean be around people. like exactly uh, you, you're hitting it right at the home where you know what i was saying like yeah we could talk about in terms of people not being telling the truth and at this point i'd rather just give the food to you and the pin thing of the ubi eats that they follow but yeah i believe that we're losing part of our humanity our uh, way to communicate with each other even if i don't know you i i have no mm-hmm. problem i want to hand you this meal I, it's something good is happening i'm you're hungry right. you ordered it I, i'm here i got it I, I came straight here i didn't goof off or did something else like here's your food smile you know maybe not even a quick how you doing but it'd be nice if he did and those interactions to me are are cool instead of me just leaving it on the floor of a you know apartment door it's not even how clean that is and or outside somewhere and have to worry about 
is you know the person's going to lie or this somebody's going to grab this food right. um even with the amazon packages where you know a lot, of, a lot of theft is happening a lot of theft is happening a lot of people are getting deactivated and, and stressed out over this when they know for sure i delivered this food to someone but as, as long as cat contactless someone could say i didn't get it so yep. it, it, it definitely is twofold with that situation yeah i know and it's you know it's it i don't know it's crazy to me that you should almost be i feel like you should almost be able to have two options within these gig apps like one should be you're ready to take contactless like me if i'm going to order food and you're delivering it i would just click generically in the app yes i'm willing to take food from the people like <laughs> whatever dude like i'm fine. yeah yeah I'm ready yeah. to re-enter the world. But the other one could be like, you know, like once you've hit the order's been dropped, they have two minutes to check that. And, yeah. it, and it pings you or 90 seconds. You know what yeah. I mean? If they're like, yeah. you know, hey, listen, I shouldn't have to rush that fast. Yeah, you should. Because if you're making this driver do this and you're not even going to look them in the eyes, but you might accuse them of something, you need to go out there like while you're still close enough to handle yeah. it. You know, yeah. like you, you drop it, you walk back to your car. Now it's the timer is going. So by the time you're in your car, you wait like a minute, then you move on. If nothing happened, he, his complaint wouldn't count. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, like every time I order something, I check the phone and, and if the, I see a little, you know, little guy, you know, a little icon going down my street, I get up and I go outside, like, you know, let's make it easy for everyone. I want my stuff. <laughs> you mm -hmm. want to deliver it and go on your way to, to do more work. So I think that's more, it's about consideration yeah. that, uh, that's been missed. Um, I know the big thing for a lot of, I see a lot of ride alongs is the, the door codes. And if they don't get the door code to the con complex, it's, they just a frustrating experience. And there's a lot of that just keeps happening. It's interesting. Sometimes even they'll say, we got the door and then you're about to leave the door. The person opens the door and it's like, right. like all right. And we have that awkward pause where like, I'm about to put the food down and there's someone staring at me like, you want me to, all right, so what should I do? Should I put it down and walk away? Because I think I've, one time I think I got in trouble by Uber Eats or something that of that didn't follow the delivery instructions. But I didn't know, like, I didn't know me put it down and run away from the person. The person looked at me and I gave him the food. And I think, I had like a comment that I didn't follow the drop-off procedure of contactless delivery. So but that was probably pretty early on in the pandemic where people were just super sensitive. It's like, you then know, why is he we, opening the door so quick? I, I <laughs> you know, logic. And there's a lot of I mean, logic. If that's there, somebody man. who's that scared, it would be waiting to hear <laughs> DoorDash or whatever. And yeah, give, and it, yeah, give, it, give it a minute. Give me, yeah, give, give me like literally a minute. Like, you know, it won't take that long. I'm not here to hang around. But uh, yeah, I, I thought about that. And I know a lot of drivers rather do. I think they, you know, again, our socialization is kind of deteriorating. A lot of them will probably like the idea that they don't have to see anyone. So I could just drop it and move. But how many, how many people are lying? I, I mean, I, I would love to know the numbers from all these apps. How I mean, this, many people claim to go on that they with rideshare pre-pandemic all the time? People and people started like learning about it. You know, they'd call in just to get a free ride. You know, to get a free eight dollar ride, they would literally go through the 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 power of being able to deactivate a driver. Yeah, like for and eight dollars, it, it's like, <laughs> dude, see, like you need you need a moral compass and you need you need to self check. If, if you're doing something like that. Yeah. Cause you're not, you're not just attacking like this, this company with the name you're, you're, you're attacking uh, another person just like you just trying to make some money, just trying to get through this. So it just, it's, I think it's happening a lot. Um, 
And I, I, it would be nice if, you know, like the Uber Eats pen system, um, I, I think it's pretty decent. And I would not, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't, I can't put the pen in unless you tell me. And if I, no one told me, that means I, I didn't give you the food yet. Like to me, that's the only system that I've seen that can probably stop a lot of these uh, situations. Um, I don't think DoorDash does anything differently. I think they just, well, do it and believe the customer. Believe yeah. the customer and just move on. Same thing with Instacart. Believe the customer. Right. And you, and unfortunately, we know a lot of them are not telling the truth. Right. Yeah. No, no doubt. Um, so the other video that you did, not the one today, I think you had one today, but the um, our gig workers, truly independent contractors, and I guess it goes back to what we talked about with you working Rover and kind of your own business model. Yeah. But I know that a lot of that was uh, Jen on the goes piece. Um, and you addressed both ways of looking at it, but not your business of having your own clients, but the gig platforms themselves. How do you view them? Even though I know you, I think that if I, if I, if I, if I've read you right from your videos yeah. and what I, what I've known of you, that you prefer independent contractor status like I do. Yes, I, I definitely prefer it. That's my, how my mindset has been since I was let go of my job in 2020. I, I, I even told the person that was letting me go. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to work for anybody else. Yeah, I'm not going to work for anybody else again. You know, and I, I was there for t- almost 10 years. It was more like a, a marriage. It was more like a divorce because right. we just got tired of each other. And she was and she was annoyed with me. And I was annoyed with her. And she was like, hey, this is not working out. I was like, yeah, you're right. And we just kind of you know, left it like that. But I was like, I'm not interested in working with anybody uh, working for somebody else. I want to work for me. So right. independent contractor, yes, that's what how I feel I am. And I know it's more of a legal term, but at least in my mind, this is what I do. I, you know, make I make my I make my own way. Right. Um, but in terms of the apps and the way they are structuring the algorithm, um, I don't, you know, yes, they would love us just to say we're independent contractors, but you know, for instance, with the DoorDash, like I said in the video, if they're pausing you because you're not taking the orders that they want you to take, are you can you can still consider yourself an independent contractor? Because the idea right. you're supposed to be able to pick freely what gig do you, or what job you want there is no there isn't an employee telling you what gigs to take it's supposed to be a free and open thing but the way doordash and i guess particularly with doordash i know like uber eats um after like three they kind of ask you if you're still around and he's like yeah. yeah i'm still around these orders suck man but you know what i mean like that kind of thing or even grubhub like you you know it'd be nice if you accept one of these orders the, the, the way the algorithm is structured it, it, it kind of makes it seem like we're we're as what the um, young lady from the Gig Workers Collective kind of saying we're misclassified. But I know talking to you and talking to Chad, you know, I realize that it's an outdated term. There got to be something else in between this. It's not as it's a gray area. Well, but if um, it wasn't I, an outdated term, because I'm not quite. I'm not. I mean, I yeah, I think I see like where Chad comes in with that. I don't know that I 100 percent agree with. Yeah. All of it, because I guess my question is, do you see the app based gig economy right now as even though it is, it really is independent contractors and we all yeah. want to be that. Do you really feel like those platforms are providing independent contractorship because they actually know amounts, they know the tips, they know where you're going. They've actually written extra code to cover it up so that you can't see everything. They've taken the transparency away. Um, they put a acceptance rate on 
that means nothing because as we know, you can be a DoorDasher and have a 1% acceptance rate. It yeah. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shouldn't. You're an independent contractor. It shouldn't even be on there. I, I've always thought that's just to scare newbies. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I thought, I, right. I didn't know when, you know, before that's the one, one of the good things about um, researching what you're doing. Right. Like when you join something, you're looking into something that you take the time to research it. So, um, Billy, but you're, you're saying, you're saying a lot of things that would persuade, a, you know, a rational think human being to be like, oh, but I guess I'm, I'm, and they're more controlled than I thought. Um, we can still turn off the app, okay, right? I right. We well, can, see that—that's that's, that's the only I guess thing, that's right? where I get with it is that, like, when I get asked this same same type of thing, I think, yeah, maybe I'm not your definition independent contractor. However, the contractors are not following independent contractor obligations that they need to, and it and then by that it shouldn't the that doesn't equate to you're an employee in my book. It means like you, we were just saying there needs to be a different term. Yes. You know, it doesn't I, need to be like Europe's. It doesn't need to be worker class. It doesn't need to be exactly defined by that. Cause we've learned that we can't follow European standards on everything. It doesn't work. Oh no, 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 not, not that what doesn't work for them, you know, but what, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, but I mean, to me, I don't know. It's, I've heard you use the word regulation and as much as I hate it, I feel like we're coming to a place where everybody's going to just have to accept there's going to be regulation. I, I think, I think not, that's, I, yeah, <laughs> I've been saying it more and more as of late. I think when I first started even doing the, the new show with Chad, and I think we talked about like, we don't want the government to really be anywhere near this, but they, uh, these companies have been so greedy a little bit. Just, mm-hmm. you know, like how many times are you going to get your hand caught in that cookie jar before the cookies are will take be taken and put them in the cabinet locked? Like how many times are you going to put, you know, all these bad stories just keep coming out? And it's like eventually you know, the lawmakers that want to, they want to do something, that they want to do something to either, you know, advance their own careers or whatever. And just, you know, just what happened with New York where uh, during the hurricane, the last hurricane that was here, and the apps are still on, and you still had people in e-scooters and e-bikes and, you know, four-foot water still doing deliveries. It's like, why Why you didn't turn off the apps? Why you have these people doing this? So then they came in and did a little, and nothing too significant, but enough to, you could tell the ball is going to be rolling. And I think that's why, you know, I think what's happening in Massachusetts where, you know, a lot of these companies are just trying to get ahead of it. But eventually it's going to be regulated. Now, how is that going to look? This is going to be where we wish they never touched it. <laughs> it's like, damn, I maybe we could, play, but now it's really terrible. Like that's my fear of some of the legislation that may be coming down the pike in the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not even talking about the big picture pro act type thing or things like that. I'm just talking about there needs to be, and I'm not saying it, it needs to be an employee model. I almost feel like it needs to happen sooner rather than later, as much as I would hate a regulation, because otherwise I feel like it's facing that challenge of potentially a proactive model, which takes away 59 million jobs in this country in one fail swoop. Yeah. And we, we've seen like the gig economy is just, is just getting bigger and bigger, right? Like, right. I, I mean, there's people this. quitting their jobs and coming into this. And even if it's just te- for temporary going, whatever, dude, I can't work for that guy anymore. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> like, it's interesting you you brought that up because I think it was like four million people quit their jobs in the month of August. I forgot I, I forgot what month it was, but it's and I'm starting to and, you know I was I at least I will admit I was wrong. Like I thought as soon as a lot of the federal um, benefits was going to leave and be vacated and in the moratorium stuff, like I thought everyone's going to go back to those jobs. Yeah, no worry. They're going to get you know they had their fun. You know, like, right. all right, I've been doing this for a few months. I have my little vacation and it is not happening. And I'm surprised about that, to be honest. But then I guess I started to look at more about people just have some money on the side. Savings are a little higher than normal. And people are tired of these jobs. Yeah. A lot of the got, jobs that are available, they do not want these jobs. And they realized they were able to do them from home. We saw this last year. I mean, like we all thought this will, and, and it was a, quite the shit show year to be blunt yeah. but to be honest too like we did see companies perform better than we thought with nobody going into work how are we going to do this and it still worked and then these companies rolled out that hybrid model of like work three days from home two days from the office and some people allowed you to just stay home but that two days from the office was like are you, why do i gotta come in and they dealt with that they were rolling with and then the vaccine mandates and even if you had the vaccine, I know people who had the vaccine who were like barely dealt with the going back for two days to, to their W2 job. But even though they had the vaccine, weren't going to produce it for their boss. Just weren't. They're like, dude, yeah. you know what? No, I'm not, I'm not going to do this because I'm not going to be a part of this because then it's just going to be more and more you're going to want. Yeah, it, it is uh it is like really chaotic mess right now of so many different things happening at once. You think someone needs to kind of ease up and say, hey guys, how about we just take a step back? Yeah, let's work through some things, stop trying to ham fist certain things onto people. We kind of need everyone to go back to work, but I think a lot of people are reevaluating their lives. I mean, I have obviously for what I'm doing currently, and I'm happier for it right now. And I think a lot of people are are, are going to take a chance at least right now to either start that business or start that whatever mm-hmm. find something different that they want to do and uh i guess it's going to take a little longer before people have to go back to those what do you call those bs jobs actually it was a book called uh, bs jobs i gotta read it actually <laughs> but i think i'm sure i'm sure i'm, I'm pretty um have a good idea of what kind of jobs we call that jobs where you don't really feel like you're producing anything you don't have no autonomy mm-hmm. Um, you're not growing. You just you just feel like you're a clog on the wheel. You just you just kind of doing going through the motions, and I think that's what a lot of jobs in our in our society. I think you know before this, right. people most people hate their jobs. So um, the gig economy, as much as we kind of you know complain about it, or at least well, at least having a you know, critique about it, hmm. is much better than working at W two and many W two jobs that's out there right now, especially the ones that are open currently. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I've you know, and I also like I, like I talk with everybody and say around the country is that, you know, like if you tell me something's not working in your area, maybe it's not, I, I have a feeling there's a way to work it, but I've all, we, this Denver's a good gig economy city. It's great gig economy city. You can pick up pretty much any of them do pretty well. If you want to like learn the ins and outs, you can do that and get really good at them and make good money, but it's an expensive town too. Um, so did you see the, did you, are you able to check your email? Did you see a picture I sent you? Yes. I actually looked at that as you were getting ready. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pop it up so I can look at it as we talk. Okay, cool. Because we've seen things like this before, but I've never seen it so blatant. Um, they're literally saying in the app that you need to watch or you can watch training videos. 
Training videos have been a major holdback of why we're not employees. Interesting. If like if they give them if they give training videos, this is why we've never had them on any of the apps. Because if they give training videos, you're training people, and then they're employees. You're not hiring independent contractors. That's why we've never seen any training videos. You have to go to YouTube. You can't go find them on your app. That is but now Uber. Yeah. This is from two days ago. That was mm. on the app. It's the first time I've ever seen it that blatant. And I was like, what is going on here? Is the wording, it says, watch our driving tutorial. Is the word tutorial, I mean, I would say it's synonymous with training, but do you think by using that, that word tutorial, they escaped that kind of calling it training? I'm, I'm, just, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I, I'm going I, like, to be honest, really I don't, I don't annoying, know, but yeah. I know that like everybody in the beginning was kind of steered towards Harry. If you wanted to learn something, you went towards Harry or other creators and yeah. find out, found out how to do it. Uber didn't have one thing. So it didn't matter on the wording. It was that they couldn't be teaching you or providing any kind of help as to how to do this. I mean, I don't know if you remember, like I started in 2014. It yeah. was just get signed up, have the background check. And it was like, hey, download the app and turn it on. That's all they said. Hey, interesting. I mean, you got nothing. You have to go, <laughs> like just turn it on and go, okay. But I guess ideally, right? Like if you're having someone to, you know, you're having people sign on to do this platform, to do this gig, um, you would assume that there should be some support on how to do it properly or how to perform right. the, the task properly. We're just in a very but, weird time right now with employment status or wor worker classification. Yeah. I'm wondering, yeah, is it is it possible <laughs> that things are going wrong and there this is a basically they have to put this there because uh, I'm trying to figure out why all of a sudden. How long since this been this this actually got popped that was, up? That was 2 days ago. Yeah, something must be going on. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, like I people send me screenshots all the time. They've been doing this since I started UberLiftDrivers.com for almost four and a half years now. I've been getting contacts, people I know send me screenshots of everything. I haven't seen this. And this was it in an email newsletter, like no, that's, the app. For, that's just no I'm saying, like, did they explain this in a no, newsletter? No. Yeah, this is sneaky stuff. And it's it, also, it seems like it's like a nail in their own coffin. Yeah, I mean, like I you're mean, giving you're giving fuel to like the AB five movement that's going to be H one two three four or Prop Pro Act or any of that. You're giving fuel to it by saying here's here's some tutorials or training videos. I think the labor movement, or at least the union labor movement, is stronger than ever right now. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure you're familiar what's going on with John Deere. Mm -hmm. A lot of the workers is they're leaving or they're, or they're striking. Um, it seems like the only the only company seems able to fend this off really well is amazon there is for some reason nothing seems to touch i mean damn they're a trillionaire company but yeah, but say. they seem like they only, they're only company able to kind of fend this off and have the big media blow-ups and have all the people in the warehouse strike or talk about it and then they they give them the 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 choice and it's like nope like they're able to figure it out but the other companies they don't seem like they're able to handle it as much in the labor movement just and a lot of it is not necessarily based on a treatment, which it should have been. It's based mm -hmm. on these mandates. It's based on this these things like, oh, you got to do this. Like, oh, really? I got to. I mean, even the police, uh, Chicago mm -hmm. police uh, yep. sheriff is like, no, we're not. We're not, not, not going to tell you if we're vaccinated or not. 
like we're just not going to do that. And then the, the mayor, well, a lot of them are up. even vocal about they won't. And then Mayor Lightfoot is all, yeah, you know, she's calling him a racist and Double, doubling down, saying, I don't even know, yeah. you know, I don't know that this guy, I don't know their police ch- chief is a racist at all. I don't think he is, in fact. I don't know no, if she's bro, just, bro. You know, it's just a, you know, it's the typical playbook of, I know, but oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, but that's a city. Let's talk about a city that, even worse than New York right now, probably. And I'm yes. originally from Michigan, so probably worse than Detroit right now. <laughs> Chicago's in a hellhole right now. Yeah, and has been for a while. To just... lay off half their police force is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you think there should be some level of compromise? You know, I think that's it, the it shouldn't be defund or refund the police. It should be like re- remake our police. Yeah. And that would take funding, but you know it's got to be some kind of. It can't be defund or ref or refund the police. If those no. two sides aren't going to meet, you got to have like a rebuild the police or re some kind of terminology that tell that says we understand there's problems, but we also have to protect and serve. Yeah, because all these ridiculous <laughs> these ridiculous regulations is basically hurting the people who they think they say they care about and the people right. in in the black community like we need you know need a police and it's not a political thing but it has become and i'm just wondering with the uber situation just like going back to that worker are they realizing that this labor movement a lot of you know again where you know the biden presidency are they trying to find a way to circumvent this to satisfy like i'm wondering what what they're doing with this uh you know this idea of uh, like i said training um i have a strong sense that they are just keen to the fact that i mean i've Again, sometimes with Ron from Entree Career, I get a little political, especially when we're off here, him and I do. But, <laughs> um, you know, it. no matter how you feel about it, it does look like in next year, the Republicans will seat both the House and Congress. It looks like they'll it, take it enough seats, you know, and, and with the mistakes that have been made by the Biden administration, it wouldn't be shocking at all if that were the case. So it's not even really who's president. I don't think it's it's more about those seats being taken back. And then at that point, Uber knows they can start making deals with people. Yeah. Yeah. They just definitely. need to get through that time. It's not like they need to get through all the rest of the three plus years of Joe Biden. They just need to get through next November when all the seats come up for grabs. Definitely. Definitely. So I don't know. Um, so I don't, where was I hearing this? I heard you talking about, maybe it was on Chad's, um newscast maybe it was even last night i don't know i heard you talking about the supply chain um yes and how you were really you know how you really you you thought you know like this is going to be a big problem dude i cannot agree with you anymore in fact here's something really crazy that's going on right now so um after you said that i made a mental note and i somehow kept it a lot of times i lose them when i do that (laughs) (laughs) but somehow I remembered it and I was like, okay, I'm going to remember to ask him this. So, because in California right now, so the Biden administration opened up the ports 24 hours a day, right? The ports are union run. The trucks are union run. So here's something that's going on right now that I don't know if everybody knows this. So now they might know that part that the ports are open and really there's not much, but just so everybody knows the 24 hours hasn't really changed the, the output from the ports in any given day. There's not right. more going out because of it. It didn't do anything. It just created more union hours. Um, so this is this, I mean, clearly this is not a solution to the problem. 
in fact, um, the, here's the big problem that I see. And here's an example of the AB5 Dynamex problem. So California is not, allow, is not allowing independent truck drivers to help in the supply chain nightmare. Um, only union truck drivers are allowed to work from the docks. So here we have an example of AB5 not only preventing independent co- truck drivers from working, um, if those IC truckers could work and could come in from other states, we could see the supply chain restock itself two to five times as fast as it's going to. <sighs> yeah. And, and I mean, it's, so it's, like, talk about a nightmare that could be solved like that. And I, I'm not saying like, okay, I might want to say that let's get rid of AB5. And I personally, if I lived in California, I would have talked with enough people. I know this, I know how I feel. However, there needs if, if you're not going to at least do that, they at least need to get on some kind of temporary, you know, truckers have a temporary status to be excluded from this, just like the carve outs that happen. Because, I mean, to know that we could have our supplies stocked back in probably eight months to some normality as opposed to two years yeah. is a big deal. And, and it looks like, you know, just reading up on it a little bit that this has been a problem before like it's depend up like the way the unions were structured, the way some of these deals were made, where it wasn't, it was never based on efficiency. Um, you know, longshoremen, some of these guys are making tons and tons of money, and but we're not the most efficient uh docks. Um, other countries are doing better than we we are. And now we have, I don't know how many ships just lo- just in the water, like five hundred, like some ridiculous amount of ships yeah. with all the goods that we want, and we can't get them um unloaded fast enough. And it just seems like the government don't seem like they're going to have a right answer. Like you said, the 24 hour thing was just something to say to, to please. I don't know who, because anyone that who knows what's going on in the ground realized that it doesn't do anything because other parts of the system needs to be going 24 hours as well. If that, if one part is not working, where are you going to take this? You know I mean, like, so it, it's, it's a big problem. Um, I think a lot of us in the geek community are not talking about it um, because yeah. goods, things get more expensive, meaning restaurants, may have may not be able to purchase that many stuff they may have to increase their prices for certain items certain meals that means people will pay less for it that means less orders for us so i think a lot of us aren't talking about that unfortunately but it, sometimes it'll be it'll be too late by someone saying you know what these no there's no orders happening you know, i guess kinda... i guess the big thing though is like here, here's my question so people you know overwhelmingly voted for prop 22 to take down ab5 um yes. And a lot of people didn't even want to because these are big corporations that they don't want to, they didn't want to be like, I'm going to vote with Uber over here. You know, they wanted to be like, I don't want to, but to just to have their business, they had to. But I mean, that won by almost 3 million votes in California. Yeah. So, yeah. and then it was found that in AB5 or in Prop 22, that there was a constitution, a California constitutional conflict because. In Prop 22, they put language that set that excluded the right to organize. Um, oh, did I lose you there? Uh-oh. So I guess okay. Let me let me uh, just say this. Do you think in any world, even the people who did vote for AB5? Even those people, and they're pretty hardcore. I know a lot of them. Um, yeah. Do you think in any world that those people would say, no, we cannot allow temporary independent co- contractor truckers to 
to get our supply to get our shelves filled before Christmas. I don't, I don't, it's interesting because it, it becomes a, it becomes a political thing, right? But does it's it, like, or does it become a, let's get our country back thing and then not political, just like, let's get it stocked. I think in, in, a, in an ideal <laughs> world, you'll think like, yeah, let's stop the nonsense for right now and let's just come together. But I think our society is just so divisive where mm-hmm. we kind of all know what we should be doing, but you know, I feel like that that other side, like the other side, and this is this is beyond this is family members too and good friends where of course they voted someone different than you mm-hmm. and they they think you're the worst person in the world. And I've seen this and it, it, it's it's painful to see. So you're thinking, let's just get the toys for the kids for Christmas, right? Because that's one of the things you're saying, like as all the other Right. Um, like bacon is more expensive. Right. Uh, name it, whatever the, whatever you're looking for is more expensive. There's none of you know toys may be in short supply. Let's get this done, right. and it's already it's already almost November. So like they got to figure this out very quickly. Very quick, or it's just more of a problem. So ideally, it'll be nice, but I don't know. I'm just I'm just being really cynical. Maybe just thinking like they're just not going to do that. I just don't see how we're leaving, and I mean. I could, we could look at this on everybody, you know, like independent contractors who are writers for newspapers, who are, you know, freelance um, uh, cartoonists, who are um, interpreters, anything like that. We could look at all of them. This is something different. This is truckers who have big rigs ready to roll. They can go take crates out of that yard right now and probably faster than union jobs because they do it on their time for X amount of dollars. So they're not about, milking the clock yeah i mean i've been a part of a union uh yeah. ups union that was a long long time ago probably over definitely over 10 15 years and i remember working there and the first thing they tell you is oh, don't work so hard man we doing we work right. too hard we doing Come right because you'll back. set you'll so, set like a bad standard a good yeah, standard like, but what they call a bad standard exactly you don't need they, they'll take care of you man don't worry about it just work <laughs> just do what you gotta do but you know what I mean? that, that's the kind of <laughs> Work ethic that they're telling, you know, 20, 20 some year old about, yeah, you're working too hard. You know, right. once you're union, you can do whatever you want. And I think that kind of attitude just filters down. And, you know, I, I just, I, you know, the unions, teachers union, there's so many. <laughs> I just think it's okay. It would be okay to write a, even every three months and renew it until needed kind of thing. Even though I still wouldn't agree that after it, those people should be able to work. However, right now, there should be every three months they should look and evaluate and until this supply chain's back in order, let all the truckers yep. who want to work work. If they have their if they have their CDLs, let them work. They they're needed. Yeah. They're needed. I mean they're they're, they're they're essential workers as much as it comes right now. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff I've been reading and watching, and I don't know if it's true, but they're saying like this this supply thing is not going to it's gonna flow over until the next year. Right. Far into the next year. It's not something, you know. Year. So it's it's interesting and and I'm interesting. I guess the whole truckers, you know, they're they're needed, right? Like, yeah. I don't like making them video. Like, you know, people, if you're interested, you like driving for long. Oh my god, you can get you four get to, to eight thousand dollar bonuses right now to sign up for trucking, and that's not even one of those scams where you have to then pay for the class with that money and you never see it. These are trucking companies who are legitimately, as long as you're willing to put in like a year, going to give you an eight thousand dollar bonus to do the two weeks. And then think, work I, a certain amount of time. I, I think that's a good idea. You know, like if right, you're but into at the same time, dude, there's a lot of drivers just sitting at home who have the license, who have the rig, who bought the rig. 
these i mean these are not cheap vehicles people no <laughs> those no. those semis especially the ones that are like houses those things are not cheap i yeah. mean they have a perfect one sitting at home all they, they can literally go to these to these docks and pick up an entire freight boom and then they're just sitting on the sidelines they're just sitting at home because they can't work because they're not union so it's it's crazy um i i i I mean, to me, it's it's so crazy because I even wonder, wouldn't California say, yes, let's let them do this and we'll just reevaluate it every so often. We need to get shelves restocked. I would think everybody in America would want that and staying away from political. This isn't a political thing, or at least the yeah. way I'm saying it. But I would think everybody would be for that because they if you don't know, we are in a, a bad position with this. And then if you do know, you should absolutely be for this. Yeah. Yeah, because right know. now we have we have a lot of money to spend, you know, because you know government pumped a lot of it in there, and you can't you can't spend it because you know all the, the the prices of the goods are getting higher and higher, and it, it just it just so many different things are happening at once. Yeah, it's like you know our heads are spinning a little bit, and we're kind of losing our way. And I'm just all the more reason to do it though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean you know, I hope work, it turns man. around. Um, I, I, I know right now I got to start buying some Christmas stuff myself for the right. for the boy just to make sure I got it good. And, you know, luckily, all he likes is Legos. So hopefully there's no supply shortage on Legos or I'm in trouble. Right. Um, so two two other things I wanted to hit on before we wrap it up. So the one is. Um, well, I'll go back a little bit first, is that I know I, I remember noticing a while ago when you did that you did your piece with a few other um, YouTube creators on mental health. And I really thought that was a good thing because I've lost, I'm a little, I think I'm a little older than all you guys. <laughs> I'm just a little bit older. I don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> but um, I've lost, I've lost too many friends to too many reasons. And I, I watched your piece and I know you lost a friend and I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, but I know that that's probably what really lit the fire under you to do this piece. And then I saw this, Sarah piece, Sarah Elizabeth piece today. And I think that it's going on on a much larger level than any of us know, even those of us who are acknowledging it, like you did yeah. with your video and whatnot. I think it's even happening to people who never have encountered that before, who are trying to just bury it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny. I did go to school for psychology long, long time ago. So hmm. it's always something that I was always was cognizant of. And I always talked about it. Like I talked with my wife and talked to my family. So it was interesting um, reading the comments based on that conversation I had with a couple of the creators, how they're saying like, particularly men don't talk about it, which is interesting because like, oh, I talk about it all the time. Like right. mental health is something I always talk to my friends about. So it's very important, especially of what happened this year. And, you know, we can go by, you know, political going back and forth or in terms of science, whether like lockdowns is a good idea or not. Um, locking down people messes with their mental health. It's the reason why people in jail and the prison react the way they do. That's why they, they, they consider um, the you know 23 hour or 23 hours in your cell, one hour out, that kind of solitary confinement is is basically torture. Right. You, you know, like yes, they're 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 pretty aggressive and there's no, no other way to put them, but when you when you cut people off from society and social interactions and, and you're afraid of your neighbor, that kind of idea, it, it, it weighs on the mind. And I think particularly right now, even the fact that you know things will open up a little bit, we still we're still trying to get back in, in our footing. 
and we, we, we go to eating a lot of food or drinking or other drug use. And that doesn't help. It's just a temporary thing, you know, social media, you know, dopamine hits, mm-hmm. all those things are not healthy for us. And it's right. interesting. We're just going back to the COVID thing. Not one doctor went on TV and said, you guys just need to run. Well, you guys right. need to eat well or, or yeah. exercise. Why haven't all the NFL players and the NBA players, they, they catch it just as often as, and it just bounces off of them because they're healthy. They're taking care of ourselves, they, themselves. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we're not, you know, I mean, it's not just Joe Rogan saying it. There's there's a fact to ninety percent of the COVID issues right now are obesity. Yeah, but let's, but let's they're, just they're, be honest. Let's say it. It's true. They're not they're not telling us that you know exercise is important. Um, maybe we shouldn't eat. And then you know we're delivering fat fast food all day, right? Like we're, right. <laughs> like and then when we're kind of contributing to the problem. I mean, it's funny just doing a lot of fast food delivery. I don't eat as much fast food because I'm always in those restaurants and it's, it's not a happy place either. No. You know, and again, you probably in a nicer area where everyone's a little happier and they smile at each other, but I'm, no, no? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's parts of Denver. I live in a, I live in a mixed neighborhood, but I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we're all pretty, we're all pretty cool, but we're all blue collar, you know, but I just, I just feel like a lot of the arguments or attitudes is always in the fast food restaurant compared to a nicer <laughs> restaurant. You know I mean like so everyone's just angry waiting for their fried grease, whatever, whatever. And I love it too. But I think I'll, we being locked in as, all, as long as we have has um, really detrimental effects and it's affecting kids too. Like, oh yeah, you know, my seven-year-old, I really try to make it as very, as normal as possible. So like in school, he has to wear the mask. But once he mm-hmm. comes to school, Matthias, take that mask off. You're good. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, like keep and he's running around. He don't think there's the whole world's coming apart. He's seven. No, I take the burden of that. He plays like he's a normal kid and he's doing well in school because I just don't try to scare him. And I'm sure there's a lot of parents scaring the, the, the crap out of their children. And that, that harms them long term way before. All right. Sure. Maybe a couple years we may get out of this. But the effects mm-hmm. is happening from last year. It, it, it will weigh on for a very long time. Yeah. Last year, my son had always done very good to very good in school last year did horrible i'm not gonna lie he did horrible on the online stuff and this year he's just crushing it and it's all him it's not me he's like figured out you know what i'm a sophomore my friends and i have grown up a bit and he's just killing it with all his classes yeah and so i'm I'm loving Uh, watching it because i'm not on him at all he's just he's doing this for him it's pretty cool that's awesome that's awesome because um last year another thing too um the remote learning was not effective for many, many kids because I think the problem was, and I, I kind of, we kind of, me and my wife kind of realized this pretty quickly. We basically, he's homeschooled now. Right. We're going to homeschool him. Like they're, they're providing bare bone kind of material. It looks like we're going to do the, the most of the work, which is, and it's funny, a lot of kids moved, and you know, a lot of parents took the kids out of public schools and they're homeschooling them or they're going to private school or charter school. So my son is in charter school, he's not necessarily in a public school. But we realized that, oh, we're going to have to homeschool now. We got we got to do all the work, which is yep. fine. At least we knew that that was going to happen. But a lot of kids don't have access to the internet, don't have the technology, don't have the parents at home with the patience to teach. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, I think a lot of that just happened. And some people, like you know, my friend, just, I guess, it's just an overwhelming experience. And especially now, if you're, you know, if you're a gig worker and mm-hmm. your market is saturated, like, how do you handle that? How do you come home when you work? You was out for a couple hours and didn't make a lot of money. How do you handle other issues in your life where maybe you have an argument with your significant other? How you 
deal with that. And all those things are very important um, to at least realize that you're not alone and we all have our, you know, our, our issues and things that we, we don't live up to every expectation. We're not perfect people, but I think mm-hmm. it's important that we have that conversation. So I really appreciate Sarah Elizabeth, you know, for, to continue in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do too. And I, I, you know, I've only seen a few of her things again. I'm not quite on you. I'm get. I'm getting on YouTube more now these days, but um, or I've always been on it, but I wasn't doing a lot of gig stuff on it. Um, gotcha. more like music and other things that I was on YouTube for, but, um, but I caught, you know, I've caught a couple of her videos and I caught that one today and I thought, you know, this really needs to be talked about. Cause I know there's a bunch of people who just are pretty much probably at her level and are literally keeping it to themselves. Yeah. And, it, and it, those it, it are the people work. you got to worry about because if they can hide it good enough, then bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, even with my friend, I still don't know what I could have saw. Like, right. you know, you know, exactly. like a lot of, a lot of things you go through is you, you're, you're angry. You realize you're angry at yourself. Like, hi, I didn't see this. You're angry at them for doing it. Like you mm-hmm. just go through all of that emotions and you, and I still don't know if I would able to figure it out, but at least, you know, talking about it and, you know, going through, you know, like if, you know, just going back with gig work, if this is just not working, all right, let's let's figure something else out. You know, right. like and all the end all be all is not about just gig work. It's what other things or opportunities are open for you. And and there's so many different apps, so many different ways, so many different opportunities. So, yeah, I think that conversation just needs to continue and, and you know, we just need to support each other. So it's interesting when you were talking about YouTubers <laughs> being critical of each other. I don't know if that's, that's the next actually my that's go. actually my last thing here. <laughs> That's my last thing that we that I want to hit on with you. So, All right. All right, so that's why I let it in from there. I said, so here I even wrote out the question. So, um, wait. so Hannibal, why is there so much feuding amongst YouTube gig space creators? Okay. So this is going to be my, just my interpretation about sure. it. So I'm from New York. I'm from Brooklyn. So I don't. All right. So the first thing is a lot of, I guess, I don't know if it's drama or I don't know if it's just, you know, I feel like I don't really feel like it's drama. I just feel like we're just having differences in opinion. Maybe there's some, you know, some uh, slick talk, you know, some subliminal messaging or some passive aggressiveness is happening. Mm-hmm. But um, what's happening here is not something unique to any kind of uh, space in terms of YouTube space, like other communities. There's especially political like sure. political talk and how they go back and forth with each other. Um, so I think a lot of it is based on emotion, right? Um, and we, we're, we're looking at, we're looking at what someone is saying and realizing, are you helping someone or you're hurting or you're hurting, or we think that you're wrong or we, 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 we want to, we want to be right. I think a lot of this too, a lot of this ego, like we want to be right. We, we, right. we want to call out something. Um, at least from my, in my perspective, even the creators that I don't agree with, I have extended to come and talk to me. And right. the one that I don't agree with a lot, what he does, um, he said he was going to, but then he, he, he you know, something happened, I think vacation or something like that. So um, there's some creators that, you know, people do clickbait stuff. Um, they'll do, hey, you can win, you can make $300 in every market. We'll click this video. 
And you're like, well, that don't sound like that's very accurate. You know, that kind of thing. Right. I get, I get that. But like for, I don't know, for me, you know, like I, I guess like I love, even if I catch some flack for it, I love having people from both sides of things. Like if I talk about an issue a couple of times, then I have like Willie Solace on from the gig worker collective yeah, or Vina Dubal, both who the people who normally listen to the podcast are like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because I talked about it three other times with three other guests on the side. I think yeah. it's only fair for me to talk about the other side. Yeah. I think that's probably what we should do in terms of that. And I, and that's why I like talking to different kinds of creators. I talk to people who are like, for instance, um, people who are cool with, you know, the strikes, you know, it's a car strike that happened or it currently happened since it ha- uh, started on the 16th, right? Two days. Oh yeah. 16th from, uh, was a Saturday. I, I have no problem because the way I make my content talk, I, I there's a level of nuance. I really believe there's a level of nuance. There isn't a, a zero one binary type of thing. There's some little, you know, we all have, have principles and values, but there's, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of give and take with it. Um, and also I think a lot of the creators take a lot, what their comments say very seriously and the comics, the comment section of any platform. Can That's be one very... of the things I was going to ask you is, is, is part of this live chat? I think a lot of it is that it's part not of, just you know, comments, can... but the live chat. Probably. Yeah, definitely. I think I mean, a lot you think of it, a lot of it gets stirred up in there. I think that too. And I think that sometimes some creators take with, uh, with a commenter say, and they make that the focus of a video or a rant. Like, I don't like what this person has to say. Right. Um, personally, I haven't done that. Mine's is more of a subliminal message. Like I read it, but I, you know, I'm not making a video about it, but I'm making a community post to say, Hey guys, do you guys think that you can make $300 in a day? And I guess to uh, one creator that made a video, Joe gig. Uh, he, I don't know if you've seen his video. You could check it out. Actually. He I has saw, a little yeah, more. I saw something that he he did when it came out yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm, you know, like I said, I have extended to talk to uh, creators that I don't agree with, but they choose mm-hmm. not to join. And that's just more, you know, See, that's I, weird I can't force me. them to do. Yeah. That's weird to me. Well, you I know? feel like there's certain, there's certain people who don't want to be challenged because then everything kind of falls apart. Certain, certain political leanings one will say, hey, let's debate this idea. And then the other sure. one, like, I don't want to talk to you because you're toxic. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very easy way to reject that. I'm not talking about it happening here, but I think, you know, it's a business. You know, get, you know, monetize YouTube channels of business. And some people may not want to have that business affected by whatever they're doing being challenged. Um, but I also just think a lot of us are just, we take negative comments too seriously. I think a lot of us just need to create some videos to help people kind of remember why you're doing it. You're making a video, you're making content to help people or either entertaining them or giving right. them information. So as much as that video from yesterday, you know, it it, it has some good points of just telling us what the what's the purpose of why we're here. Um, we're here to help. We're here to uh, express our experiences. Tell us why, you know, experiences to other people help make connections, make friends. So I think that's what, at least for me, what I got out of it. And yeah, I think kind of brings you back to the roots of why you're creating content in the first place. Yeah. I mean, for me, I know that every podcaster wouldn't dare do something on a piece on being an IC and how they're dead sold on it and have three guests on and then have somebody from like Vina Dubal or 
or, you know, or Willie Solace. And Willie and I are even friends outside of this. We don't agree, but we're respectful of each other. You know, it's like, I I would think that there's somebody in the YouTube universe of creators with you guys. Like maybe it's you who the other side could trust like they do with me. Like they wouldn't go on everybody's podcast. Vina wouldn't go on anybody's, you know, I mean, but, but I got her on mine because she knew she wouldn't be attacked. I think that, and I think that's a, that's a very good point. And I think time will tell. Um, I think when I invite someone, they can watch a lot of my videos. I think that's, I think that my best stuff is the live streams, just talking to people. Cause I just love talking to people. Like I like talking to you. I, I like the, a real conversation. Like I can make a video and it's very, it's edited. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's scripted. It's not organic. There's nothing. It's, it's something there. I, I, I do enjoy doing those, but I like talking and, and having and being challenged and thinking about certain things. But not everyone is, I think another, th- another thing too about the live stream thing uh, is a lot of creators um, need to get comfortable doing it. Like the, my first one was Chad asking me to talk to him about my channel. And I was nervous. I didn't know how it worked talking to someone live and how people were <laughs> interpreting, you know, like this is your first initial thoughts. But now I, I, I've asked a few people like, hey, you want to talk? And like, yeah, but, you know, I'm not I'm not too keen with the, the live the live streaming thing. So maybe I should do what you do kind of just like a pre-recorded type thing make them feel more comfortable with that angle but um i'm definitely interested in talking to all types of people i that's kind no of my thing is that somebody one of you guys i don't know if it's if it's you or who it is but somebody's got to like be that what i do in the podcasting realm you know yeah. and and be able to to bring the other side in and and nobody's giving you flack about it from either side and and you don't come at them in an attacking way so they're right out of the gate. They're comfortable. And it's it's just an honest, open conversation where nobody's yelling. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, uh, and I think also things are just tight right now. People are not making a whole lot of money. Like if I, if I felt if, if there was times where everyone was making money, I don't mm-hmm. think people would care as much as, of you know, like so th- there's a lot of hot button, hot button conversations. It's um, should you strike, right? Instacart shoppers. Right. They're yeah. they're striking people are very strongly on one on stance or other where they will go after each other. Mm-hmm. If you decide to work on that day, or if you decide not to um, same thing with the para app, you know, like mm-hmm. some people really believe that if you did it, you were, you're a cheater. I'm just like, well, <laughs> I need to know how much money you made. You know what I mean? Like, I know so these, I was the driver <laughs> advocate or I still am, but at the time when it was peaking, I was getting either yelled at or loved. So Exactly. So I think it's those emotional, <laughs> those really hot, those hot controversial points. I think that's where the content creators are kind of going back and forth. It's it's stuff worth talking about. And some yeah, people are really is. passionate one way or the other. But like you said, it's a way to, to discuss it. But I think everyone's just guarded. And that's kind of going back to the idea of the contactless delivery. We're not trusting each other as much. Like we're already thinking that Oh, this guy's gonna put me on, so he's gonna set me up with a, a loaded question or something to that effect. So, but here's the it, here's the here's the reality of it. If you guys all put out a how-to video tomorrow that was the, on the same subject matter, and every one of them was for ten minutes, and it's the first time that how-to video is ever shown to anybody, but you all put it out on the same day, it would be a perfect example of people flock to who they associate with. Yeah. So it's not so much always about the content, even though it is, it's a lot about the creator and feeling comfortable with who you're listening to. 
definitely youtube <laughs> is is personality driven so yeah, a lot of a so. lot of the uh criticism is there's too many ride-alongs it's all the same you're just picking up a, you're picking up an order and you're taking it to the customer why there's so many of them but it's based on personalities mm-hmm. so someone you want like you want to watch they could be doing whatever but you like them you've been around for a while and so some there's certain aspect of YouTube that I think a lot of people I don't know if they just started YouTube or they started watching YouTube like they'll say they're all we, we all talking about the same thing. Well, if you go to a basketball YouTube page, they're gonna talk about basketball all the time. <laughs> you can't go in there and say, "Can you talk about football?" It's like no, no I mean bas- I, I watch all the, you know I watch and listen all the time. I mean, there's different content and everything, but you do and I and I try and listen to everybody. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the week or the end of the day, you know. I'm, there are select people I like to listen to, but because you only have so much time in a day, you know you got right. other things going on. You know, you get, so you're gonna go with your go-to channels, and there's enough space for everybody. So that's kind of you know, what I'm saying. For, like it's, it's yeah. you know, it's that's why I think there should be more talking amongst these creators that have issues because really, like you're still gonna maintain your people. What might happen is if 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 you got if people keep getting hot, 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 hotter at each other. You might find that you lose some of your people. <laughs> yeah. So, like for me just personally, a thought, just a thought. Yeah, just for me personally, like I, I've kind of, I kind of stopped some of the like little things I was doing in terms of going and critiquing another root uh, creator, just by making a post, a community post. I don't make videos. I made a video about Bentley Coop months ago. That's the last one where I've, I just reacted to it. Right. Um. I just, you know, I realize things are hot right now. Like you said, things are hot. So I'm just going to, you know, just focus on my, just make some videos and I'll reach out. I'm continuing to reach out to creators and talk to them. So I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. And hopefully I, I, one of these days I do reach out to those who disagree and they'll be comfortable to come on. So I love this. I love talking to people. I love creating videos. So I'm not going anywhere. I love doing it. It's just amazing that I'm doing this and people care enough. It's like you said, for you to invite me. I, I'm living a good dream, man. It's it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. good to me. So I, I'm, you know, I'm going to take it seriously and not going to, I'm not going to try to be a troll about it. So <laughs> I was actually was thinking you might be a good person for that out of the creators I've seen, you know, you kind of have a voice that could center or even if, even if you, even though I know you have a view on everything where I feel like you could, you might do what I'm doing and just kind of be able to get through that without, you know, people are sitting there, other creatures are grinding their teeth while you're doing an interview with somebody <laughs> from the other side going, just ask him this, knock him here, do this. And yeah. it's like, that's not what you do to get back on the same page. Yeah. I don't, I'm not here to do debates. Like that's my <laughs> wife. My wife is a debater. I am not a debater. I'm more of a, just, we're having a free flowing conversation and we, right. you know, we'll have our, you know, we'll have our points and we leave, with some appreciation with each other. I think I, every exactly. conversation I have online is like an appreciation. Like that was fun. Oh, that was interesting. It was never, I never had a conversation. It was like, I hate you. I don't like you anymore. You know what I mean? Like I never had that so far. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, I'm still learning how to do this too. So it, sure. it's a learning experience overall and I'm enjoying it. All right. Well, Hannibal, before I let you go, give us, uh, give us the plugs, give us, uh, your stuff and I'll put All it right, in the so- show notes as well, but, Appreciate you. Appreciate you. So yeah, Hannibal is hungry is my YouTube channel. Uh, Instagram is Hannibal is hungry. Same, same thing. Uh, I don't remember my Twitter. Sorry. I don't tweet. Oh, Chad always bothers me. You need to tweet. Like, I don't. Tweet. Yeah, you I have. You, a guys, weird, you, guys I, you are, actually you actually have a weird Twitter handle, too. It's not your yeah. normal Hannibal. It's like got some numbers or something in it. 
if you guys are tw- if you guys are <laughs> tweeting regularly, if you guys are really tweeting, I will jump in. But I, yeah, tweet tweet. Twitter's well, I do. Thing. I have. I mean, that's been a main platform of mine for a long time. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll say I could find it. But yeah, Hannibal's hungry on uh, YouTube, Instagram, and the Facebook page. Just type those words. Yeah. Uh, and you'll on. find me. And uh, yeah, appreciate appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, well, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll chat again. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we covered some uh, pretty good things there, I think. Um, you know, it, it's pretty interesting still to me that um, Hannibal is the only person that I, I know um, in the gig economy well who's who's doing um, Rover as their primary. And, you know, obviously that's because it works in his market. I, I know a lot of people are in the same position as me where Rover's just, um, you know, in a lot of cities, there's just too many people doing it to really get clients. But, you know, if you were listening to what he said in his market, obviously you can probably understand why there's so many probably clients and, uh, you know, what a good, what a good idea he's done is to, you know, exactly what all of us try and do through these apps is build your own business, man. Um, Hannibal's done that, you know, he's, he's shown that, you know, he works on Rover, um, but he's also built his own clients that, you know, if Rover ever went away or whatever, you know, Hannibal has a business and that's kind of what we talk about a lot here on the show is, you know, make sure that you're working all the apps, make sure that you're on all the apps in case you just love one and you get pulled from it or you get deactivated or whatever happens or they're doing, um, your background check gets delayed. Uh, and it's at a horrible time during the holidays when you were really counting on money. That way you don't have to be onboarded with other apps. So get signed. If you're, if you're already signed up for an app or two, there's no reason not to. I mean, if you're, you know, I don't understand what the worry would be, but, you know, I mean, make sure that they're apps that, you know, have some visibility um, in your area or at least will be up and coming kind of thing. You know, maybe don't sign up for, you know, anything that you've never heard of or whatever as an app, you know, ask around or whatever. Um, and I say that because there's, you know, there's some, there's some ones out there that have just done pure data theft and we know that. And, uh, I don't want to pick on any specifically, um, but there was one specifically that without saying their name, I will just say pyramid (laughs) and we can see if we all think of the same thing. (laughs) But anyway, uh, it was great having him on. Um, I think he's a, you know, he's such a, he's such a a fluent talker and, you know, he knows his stuff and, um, I don't know, he, if in the end there, when I was talking to him about the, uh, you know, the feuding that happens on, on between some of these YouTubers sometimes, you know, I think Hannibal, um, I think he could tackle that task of, you know, like kind of bring a little peace to that. Um, cause I think it's good, you know, just like we do here on the podcast, I think it's good to have, to represent both sides. When you talk about something, make sure you're representing both sides. You know, you can't, people don't just want to hear people on that agree with you you know, or if they do, maybe they do. And sometimes that's okay. You know, we do episodes like that too, where I know the person coming on pretty much agrees with everything that I do. So we, I try and keep it real and come up with different topics that we can talk about to try and keep it fresh, at least, even if we see eye to eye on most or everything. But I always try, if I have a couple episodes on something specifically, I always try and balance it out by having somebody from the other side. And those can be hard people to find that won't be argumentative and all that too, at the same time. However, they're out there. You just got to look. But I think it's worth always hearing both sides of something. You know, it's um, just my personal opinion. But anyway, uh, next week we have um, uh, Mike Delivers. And uh, 
the weeks after that, they're all loaded out. You can go to any of the socials from the website, uberliftdrivers.com. You can hit up the contact and hit me up. Uh, you can go to uh, Rideshare Rodeo Podcast at gmail.com to hit me up. You can go to Steve at withpara.com to hit me up. Um, and uh, I'll always get back to you, you know. So that said, uh, that's a week. And um, yeah, be next week i'm gonna i'm gonna get into a little more about the announcement about fridays because i'm still trying to put it together through the end of the year how this would look uh but um i'm trying to roll it in friday to one of the ideas that i'll put out there is that (laughs) is that i'm I'm looking at doing a topical q a live on fridays before the tnc uh um rideshare nation show that i do so that you know, maybe that'll, maybe we can talk about some, some heavy topics from that week and I can bring them onto the radio show. And also that way, anybody that wants, that wants to continue the conversation from the live podcast on Friday can call into the radio show. So this is just a thought of mine. It, I have other thoughts too, but that's the one I've been kind of dangling with, uh, the last few days. So anyway, um, before we get out of here, Curry folks, make sure you sign up. It's in the show notes. Um, if you're out there working gigs, I mean, you're just, you're just losing money or you're, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, taking advantage of making good money on a platform that is there that has, uh, you know, again, they're not, they're not all day offers. You can't sit on the Curry platform and do your whole day working that. I mean, maybe you'll get some kind of random experience where you can, but you want to be on it so that when orders come through, you can take them. Because a lot of times it's not just, you know, a lot of hotshot runs are ASAP. However, a lot of times it says, you know, pick up uh, anytime at this location and then it'll say and make sure it's dropped off by 3.30. So it might be like 1.30 in the afternoon and it says it just needs to be somewhere by 3.30. So you can be like, I'm you know, I'm on a, I'm doing rideshare. I got passengers in the car going to the airport. I'm on an Instacart run. I'm doing DoorDash, whatever. But you could look at the clock and say, can I can I do a few more runs and still make it to that? And you can plan it into your day. So, I mean, you know, and then a lot of times they are right then and there. If they are, you're probably pretty close to the pin. Um, so I don't know. Um, everybody needs to sign up. That's just it. So until next week, guys. Um, and again, I'll, I'll have some details on the, on whatever I work out here with the Fridays. Cause I'm trying to figure it out, but, uh, until next week, um, be good to each other. Uh, be good to yourself and, uh, you know, take, you know, take some deep breaths. I think that Hannibal and I touched on some of that tonight and I'm glad that we did. Um, I'm glad, I'm really glad for the piece he did. I thought that was really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, have a great week and, uh, spend some good into this crazy world and we'll see you back here next week on Rodeo. Peace.